This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Welcome back. Is it time to get serious about your investment portfolio? It's always a good time for that. And even though things can be a little scary out there, inflation, a volatile stock market, it's always good to get expert advice. And coming up, We'll talk to the folks at Gulf and Fraser about how to navigate these turbulent times and how to avoid the mistakes that a lot of people are making with their investments. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. How's your credit card balance? If it's a little higher than usual, you're not alone. A new Equifax survey has revealed that the average Canadian credit card balance hit a record high at the end of September. Equifax Canada's latest consumer survey finds the average credit card balance was $2,121 and that more than half of Canadians surveyed say they have a lot of anxiety about their personal debt levels. The average non-mortgage debt for Canadians, things like credit cards, but also car loans and student debt and stuff like that, ranged close to $21,188 per Canadian. More than half of respondents say they are looking for deals at the grocery store more than last year, or they're cutting back on grocery shopping altogether. The federal government is pushing for a big increase in the number of immigrants coming to Canada over the next three years. Immigration Minister Sean Fraser revealed the new targets this past Tuesday, setting a goal of 500,000 new immigrants arriving each year by 2025. Fraser says the move was prompted by the severe labor shortage with about one million jobs now sitting vacant across the country. The new plan puts an emphasis on increasing the number of skilled immigrants who will be admitted as well. The B.C. government is allowing bars and pubs to temporarily extend their hours during the FIFA World Cup so patrons can watch the Canadian men's soccer team play. The government says there will be no change to when liquor can be sold, but bars, pubs and restaurants can stay open and serve non-alcoholic beverages during the extended hours. The World Cup this year is in Qatar. That's a 10-hour time difference from B.C., and it runs from November 20th to December 18th. Similar expanded hours previously have uh, been granted during the Vancouver 2010 Winter Olympics and the 2015 Rugby World Cup. Santa Claus won't be coming to town this, uh, this year in Vancouver, at least not in parade form. Vancouver's Santa Claus parade organizers have canceled the early December parade for a third straight year. But unlike the last two years, they were canceled because of COVID. This time it was canceled because the organizers say they can't find a sponsor to defray the costs of putting on the parade. And you'd think some corporate entity would step out, step up for the Vancouver Santa Claus parade. It would immediately get you off the naughty list. That's for sure. But uh, it looks like the Santa Claus parade in Vancouver this year has been canceled. This is Vancouver Consumer. And when we come back, some great advice about your investments. It's been a turbulent time, but there are some bright spots 
and ways you can take advantage of that turmoil. And we'll talk to the folks who can help at Gulf and Fraser when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. I'm Martin Strong. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and uh, you can't get away from it. Inflation, we hear a lot about it, and you notice it, especially at the grocery store. But how does that affect your finances, your investments? Well, we need to talk to an expert about that. And our expert is Stephen Brar from Gulf and Fraser. He's a financial planner. You can find Gulf and Fraser online at gulfandfraser.com. And golf is spelled with a U, by the way. And uh, first of all, hi, Stephen. Good to have you back. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Martin. Good to be back. All right. Well, let's talk about inflation. Obviously, it's real. We're all seeing it. And uh, how can an investor, uh, what can they do to deal with the rising cost of living right now? It seems like it's it's endless. And And also, what's your sort of forecast for it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a really unfortunate time, the, uh, the price inflation that, that everybody's feeling. I mean, even my wife and I, um, you know, when we go to the Costco, um, she's just, you know, bringing it up more and more. It's just a discussion that a lot of families are having. You know, I, I'm having this discussion with my colleagues almost on a daily basis. There's, there's definitely, you know, a lot of uh, price inflation out there. And it's, it's an unfortunate situation. There's, you know, it's 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 a shame that we have so much inflation. I think you know a, a lot of it was due to you know the the, the COVID measures, shutdowns, uh, supply chain issues. But a lot of it, I think, um, if we if we look at some of you know the the money printing and the artificial low rates that these central banks had for for so long, um, they've created a lot of it. And now um, you know they're they're causing some hardship in the market by raising rates to try to fight this inflation. So it's just a, a very unfortunate situation. But you know everybody has to uh, do whatever you can do. Like uh, um, it's it's a really good time I think to to look at the budget. Um, you know um, you know it's financial planning 101. You know this much income is coming in and this much you know is what we're spending. If we can you know maybe make an adjustment here and there. Um, that that may help. I know in our family, I'll give you a little story. Uh, we had um, my uh, my uh, my daughter just recently got engaged, and the in-laws, her future in-laws, oh, thank you, uh, came over for brunch uh, about a month ago. And uh, you know, I've got my my three university-age girls, and you know, they're, you know, you know they, they sometimes they order DoorDash, you know, or. Or they go out with their boyfriends, you know, for, for lunch. So my wife was just complaining that, uh, you know, I hate wasting food, you know, especially with the cost of food so high. And I just uh, cook for three out of the five people. And I just cook for three people. So there's no food wasted, you know, at the end of the day, right? You know, uh, when, I, when, I, when, I make, when I make dinner. And, uh, and then I was just, you know, kind of, kind of joking around with these people. I said, yeah, I mean, uh, before, before every meal, you know, we draw straws. Which three out of the five get to eat that day kind of thing? <laughs> Um, yeah, the hard times in the Brar household these days, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, my, that's basically what my wife did. I mean, and I, you know, I grew up on the farm and we didn't waste anything. Right. So yeah, the whole, uh, we, have to, we don't look at things like that. I, I don't, you know, 
Um, maybe that's a bit drastic what she's doing, you know, feeding only three out of the five. But we have to, you know, maybe maybe do some trade-offs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because the inflation's real. We can fret about it. We can, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know, be pissed off at the, at the government or, or whatever. It's real. It's here. And we've got to, you know, basically take some actions and maybe change some shopping habits, maybe change some spending habits and uh, to, try, to try to get through this. And, and if we have, uh, um, you know, debts and loans, maybe talk to your financial institution. You know, look at, look at some of the options, you know. Right. Um, for, 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 for some folks, um, you know, maybe, you know, take a look at things like uh, deferring your CPP or your OAS, um, so there's, there's, there's lots of things, but I think the main, the main, the main thing really is if you're, you know, bewildered by the inflation, um, is to have a conversation, you know, with, with, a, with, with, a, with a professional, with a, you know, financial planner to, to try to, try, try to, you know, try to get through this because it's not going to be forever. Yeah. Well, and it sort of points to the idea of why you need a financial planner. Um, and Stephen Brars, who we're talking to, he's a financial planner with Gulf and Fraser. And uh, it's important because I guess when inflation is like this, it, it raises a lot of questions. You mentioned deferring your Canada pension, uh, you know, or, or should you take it early? Uh, and one of the big questions that comes up is, do I add to my savings? Do I invest more money or do I pay down debt? And um, I guess different times and different people have, you know, different needs. But I mean, is is that something? I guess you talk to your clients about a lot whether they should invest more money in stocks or should they pay down their debt. For sure, um, you know, and that's you know that that that's coming up quite a lot. So again, it's going to be different for everybody. But you know, one of the uh, one of the consequences of this inflation is you know some market volatility where very good. Uh, companies, good stocks are down, you know, and some of them are down 20, 25%. Now, I'll give you an example um, of a company in Canada, uh, literally makes billions of dollars a year in profit over the last several years, a large company. They have a dividend currently of over 4%. Uh, They have a history of never cutting their dividend, only growing their dividend. The stock is down, you know, from its high, over 25%. And the way I look at a company like that, it's not going anywhere. You know, once we go back into an expansion phase, once we get through this contraction and this inflation, it's going to be back. It's always come back, it's, you know. And so the way I look at it is because of the inflation, you know, is this an opportunity? And inflation, you know, it, 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 it is, it, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. So with this one here, if somebody had a time horizon, say for three three years, and they they bought this specific stock. The dividend is 4%, but if the stock um, just goes back to where it was, you know, just goes, doesn't do anything more than just go back to its, uh, its high uh, earlier this year, that's going to be a 29% capital gain in three years. Plus, while we're waiting, we're collecting a 4% dividend for the next three years. So that's 12% in dividends plus a 29% gain. That's over 40%. So, this blue chip, conservative, dividend-paying, profitable company that has a long-term history of, you know, success. If, if it does nothing, Martin, other than just go back to where it was, we're going to make 13.5% return over the next three years, every year. 
And that, that, that could happen in, it could go back in a year. It, it might take two years, but that's if it takes three years. And even if it took four years, that's still going to be a 10% gain over the next four years. So I look at things like that. I say, wow, you know, what a great time to invest. And, 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 and these bargains or these great opportunities is because of the inflation. So again, it's, 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 it's brutal, you know, when you're, you know, putting gas in or, or you know, at the grocery store. Or, but there's always opportunities. There's, there, you know, there's, I, I like to think of it, you know, uh, crisis or opportunity. That's, that's why I look at life, you know, is, is it a crisis right. or there's an opportunity? You know what I mean? Sometimes it's a little of both, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's where you got to have those conversations with a financial planner and, and, and just, you know, have those deeper conversations and kind of figure out, you know, what are the priorities, um, you know, and things like that. Right. We're talking to Stephen Brar, financial planner with Golf and Fraser. Golf and Fraser. You can find them online, golfandfraser.com. And uh, golf is spelt with a U. And uh, yeah, it is. And it, I guess it's all about speaking with your clients and really understanding your clients. And uh, say somebody is thinking about getting serious about uh, a financial plan uh, and they may be a different age. I mean, what's the first thing you ask them? Yeah, I mean, one of the most important things is just, you know, figuring out those priorities. You know, for example, um, is, is our party, you know, making our money grow? Um, is it doing a retirement assessment if we're, you know, fairly close to retirement? Um, is it, you know, purchasing uh, a home? Is it uh, financing a child's education? You know, is it uh, uh, taking a sabbatical? So everybody has different priorities. So the most important thing is have those conversations and, and come up with the priorities. I, I call them buckets. Um, you know, so within an overall financial plan, I've got, you know, different segments or different buckets. And each one is almost a mini plan within the overall plan. So, for example, you know, if somebody is uh, just starting out, you know, I remember uh, my mini plan within my financial plan when I was just starting out, um, the, the segment or the bucket that I focused on was insurance. I was newly married. I have debt. I have a young baby, you know, I'm, I'm driving to work every day. Um, if Stephen, you know, kicked the bucket, there's going to, you know, you know, pardon the pun, um, there's going to be some, there's, there's going to be a problem, right? So my whole focus was to go out there. It wasn't about, you know, saving money in, in stocks and bonds and mutual funds. It wasn't uh, anything other than buying cheap, low-cost term insurance and buying you know, enough of it that if, you know, God forbid something did happen to Stephen, you know, I called, in those days I used to call him, the, you know, he, he was a money machine, right? He's, you know, um, that, that, you know, the debts are paid off and my, and my family's, uh, you know, taken care of. So that was my little mini plan within my overall financial plan. And that was my priority. So it's really having conversations and figuring out, you know, which bucket should we focus on first? You know, for somebody else, it might be, um, you know, they're, they're at the stage where they are a little bit more established. They have some real estate. And maybe the whole focus right now is downsizing. To go into retirement, um, you know, downsize, 
maybe, uh, you know, because of that, they're going to have a, a chunk of change. And now we've got this extra money, Stephen. Uh, we can invest this to supplement our retirement. How should we invest that money? And then, again, we would do the asset allocation, the diversification. Um, so it's going to be different for everybody. For somebody else, Martin, it might be, you know, um, for, for some younger people, one of the things I focus on, one of the buckets within the overall financial plan is just cash flow planning. Um, whether it's my, my three girls or just younger people, and, and I'm thinking, holy smokes, man, man you, guys spend, uh, you guys spend too much money these days. Like, you know, even in my house, I mean, the online spending, I, you know, I, I joke around that, uh, you know, I should buy stock in DoorDash and uh, Amazon because, uh, my goodness, uh, the amount of delivery is just in my house, right? It's like, and their yeah. dad's a financial planner, for heaven's sake. So maybe we got to yeah. talk about, you know, cash flow planning, um, and budgeting and things like that for, for a lot of folks. Yeah. How many streaming services that you have that you forgot you're paying for? That's the, yeah. that's the thing in our house, all these things you sign up for then immediately forget. And then you never use. So, uh, all, all good advice. Stephen Brar is our guest on Vancouver consumer. He's a financial planner with Gulf and Fraser. You can find them at Gulf and Fraser.com and golf has a U in it. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about um, planning for retirement, because that is a question I think about all the time. How much do you need to retire? And then uh, you, you know, you go online and you'd, and it's really hard to get a, a, a good answer to that. And I'm guessing that Stephen, you have some answers to that. You're listening to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and uh, we'll have more with our guest, Stephen Brar, financial planner with Golf and Fraser, golfandfraser.com. GNF Financial Group is now Golf and Fraser, a trade name of Golf and Fraser Fisherman's Credit Union. And we'll have more with Stephen Brar from Golf and Fraser when we come back right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong and this is Vancouver Consumer and we're talking to our friend Stephen Brar, a financial planner with Golf and Fraser. Golfandfraser.com is the website with a U. Golf is with a U. Golfandfraser.com. And uh, Stephen, Golf and Fraser uh, is is part of a whole credit union. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for, for your financial needs, right? Yeah, for sure. We are a full-service financial institution. And like you said, we are a credit union. We're a provincially regulated credit union, uh, member-owned. So one of the differences you know, the differences between credit unions and, and banks is banks are shareholder-owned. Um, anybody can buy their shares. And with us, our members own us. So it's uh, it's more local. And you can only buy so much so we won't have, you know, a- a- any anybody more powerful than anybody else. It's a very uh, very cool system. And, and being provincially regulated, um, our credit union also has unlimited uh, deposit insurance. It's, it's, it's an unlimited amount. So that's, that's, that's pretty awesome, too. And just the credit unions in general, you know, we work with the local communities. Our, our credit union here out in Abbotsford, um, you know, it's all about giving back. I remember when we had the floods last year, the unfortunate floods last year, I think, yeah, we cut a check for $200,000 for flood relief. So it's always about just giving back to the local communities. 
Yeah, we're talking to Stephen Brar, financial planner. And uh, I mentioned before the break about retiring. And the question that I'm I'm always thinking about, how much do you need to retire? And I, that's probably a question you get asked all the time. And uh, how, how do you answer that question? How much do I need to retire? Yeah, per- yeah so that's, that's a great question. And again, you know, for, for my clients, you know, our members of the credit union, it's different for everybody. You know, it, it really is, again, you know, figuring out, you know, when you retire, you know, whether you pull the trigger at age 60, 63, 65, or 70, how much money do you need after tax? So we, 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 we figure out, uh, you know, what that number is. And again, it begins just with a budget, a monthly budget. This is how much we need for, you know, utilities, for groceries, for vacations, for insurance, for gas, for food. So, you, 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 you know, you, you kind of figure out, you know, do you need 4000 after tax? Do you need 3000 Do you need 7000 Do you need 10000 So once we have that number, you know, that we, we've got something to work with. And then we take a look at all of the income sources. You know, um, we look at CPP, OAS, which are the government pensions. We take a look at um, company pensions if a person's fortunate, fortunate enough to have a, a pension at a company. We look at RRSPs. We look at TFSAs. Um, for a lot of our clients, um, you know, uh, we look at real estate. Is there a potential for some downsizing in the real estate? So once we, you know, we come up with uh, a number, um, we figure out how we're going to, uh, you know, to, to fund that. And that's really, um, you know, all all within, within the financial plan. And so, um, you know, um, there, there could be uh, um, taxes, you know, we, we take into account, we take into account inflation. Um, and then and then we find, you know, if it works, awesome. And for somebody, say, for example, um, you know, they needed $5,000 after tax to retire at age 63, and the plan is showing, no, it's just not going to work. Um, you know, you either have to uh, push retirement one and a half years, or you have to give the financial planner an extra $82 a month at 4% for the next five years to, to, to make up the difference. So the financial plan um, is very scientific. It's very mathematical. Um, and it's the, it's, the, it's the thing that puts it all together. And, and like I said, everybody's different. I mean, if somebody comes in here uh, and they've got $100,000 saved and they say, hey, Stephen, I want to retire uh, next year um, at age 40 and uh, I want $20,000 a month in income, I'm going to say, well, you know, uh, you know, maybe go uh, use that hundred thousand dollars to uh, buy a lottery ticket because it ain't gonna work. <laughs> it has to be reasonable. It has to be reasonable as well, too, right? So um, there's right. no there's no magic bullet or uh, fairy dust. It's just it's just numbers, you know. In right, the financial. And, that, and that's what the financial planner is for. So if in your experience, you've been doing this a long time. Someone comes into Stephen Brar, Gulf and Fraser, and shows you uh, maybe they're a new client and they they are close to retiring. Do you find in generally that people uh, are in better shape than they think they are, or in worse shape than they think they are? Yeah, that is a really that's a really good question. And what I found, even with all of the market noise out there all of the volatility out there, um, I'm finding that a lot of people are, are, are just fine. They're going to be okay. Again, Martin, it's because that financial plan takes a look at everything. And we are so fortunate you know, to live in a country like this where 
you know, we are much more, most of us, than just the last 12-month return or the next 12-month return. You know, we, you know, it's not the best in the world, but, you know, we got a pretty good uh, uh, pension system, you know, government pension system. We got a pretty good health care system. A lot of folks have, uh, you know, company pensions. We, you know, we're fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, the RRSP program, a TFSA program, uh, you know, uh, real estate. You know, we've, we've done well over the years, you know, you know, you know, thankfully, a lot of us. So when you look at the overall picture, um, and that's really what the financial planner and the financial plan does, um, it really does, um, you know, reduce some of that financial anxiety and stress as we go into retirement. And I find in, in my experience, again, when we do that financial plan for someone who's, who's just, you know, just been grinding, just working the last 30, 40 years, you know, educating the kids, paying down the mortgage, you know, going through the ups and downs of life, um, they come and see me, you know, and, and we put it all in place, you know, it gets emotional. Like, you know, it happens all the time. And I, and I tell them, hey, these are the numbers. You know, we don't have to chase the market. We don't have to double our money by Friday. We don't have to speculate. You know, these are the numbers. You're going to be fine. There's no issue, you know. Enjoy your life, you know. Enjoy the gardening. I'll see you a year from now kind of thing, right? And that's, <laughs> I find that's how it is for a lot of folks. Unfortunately, you know, it's not like that for everybody. But, you know, um, and that's why we're here to help, you know. Um, if somebody has, uh, you know, if they're off track, you know, we will help them get on track, right? And again, there's no magic bullet. There's, you know, sometimes we have to make sacrifices, you know, if we want to, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, the old adage, you, you got to spend, uh, you know, less than you earn kind of thing, right? Maybe put a portion aside, be a little bit more prudent and wise with your money. You know, there's no secret, right? Uh, sometimes you got to make sacrifices. And, and again, the financial planner, especially someone like me, I'm pretty tough with people. I say, yeah, you know what, we got to, we got to, you know, uh, your your iPhone's just fine. It's only two years old. You don't need to, uh, you know, get the latest one. It's good for another few years. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And now I have a question that that uh, you probably could talk a long time about, but we only have a couple of minutes left. But uh, just really briefly, how important are tax-free savings accounts and RRSPs? And uh, I guess it depends on the person, but is but do you recommend people? really look into TFSAs and RSPs? For sure. Excellent question. And that comes up a lot. They are two distinct uh, entities. You know, the, the TFSA, it's, it's my favorite. The TFSA, literally what it says it is, it's a tax-free savings account. So I look at it as an empty box. It's a, it's a registration with the government. And in this empty box, you can invest in, 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 in different vehicles, you can invest in a term deposit, you can invest in stocks and mutual funds. And so the beauty of the TFSA is if you are, you know, more of a, you know, a longer term investor, I would invest in something more growth oriented. There's, you know, there's nothing like, you know, making a double digit return on your stock or your, you know, your growth mutual fund. And at the end of the year, not getting any taxes for it. I mean, it's all yours. Yeah. A highly taxed country like this to even have a TFSA is amazing. So everybody should take advantage of the TFSA, learn the ins and outs, talk to your financial planner. Um, so it's, it's, it's just my favorite vehicle. And uh, yeah. the other is the RRSP. It makes a lot of sense as well. It works a little bit differently. You know, the RRSP, you will get the tax deferred growth, 
But eventually, you got to pay the piper when you take the money out of the RSP. When you put the money in, you can also trigger, you know, a tax refund because you're reducing your taxable income. And so for some people in certain tax brackets, you know, if you don't really have any kind of, you know, uh, write-offs like a small a business person would have, it, you, you almost have to do that every year. Even myself, I reluctantly do this RSP contribution because I need to get that refund. I can't leave money on the table. I'm too cheap. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, that's, and that's what you want in a financial planner. I'm going to have to cut you off, but uh, it's always a, always a pleasure to talk to you, Stephen. You, uh, you bring a lot, of, uh, a lot of enthusiasm to this topic. <laughs> and thanks for talking. Appreciate talking that. Stephen Brar is a financial planner with Gulf and Fraser. You can find him online at gulfandfraser.com. And Gulf is spelt with a U. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. We've been talking to Stephen Brar, financial planner with Gulf and Fraser. You can find them online at gulfandfraser.com. Gulf and Fraser is the credit union that can help you power your possible. Learn more at Gulf and Fraser. Dot com. And I'm Martin Strong. When we come back, sure, we have a housing crisis in the Lower Mainland. They've been covering it in the media here going all the way back to 1941 and probably even earlier. That story is next when Vancouver Consumer continues. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. And no doubt there is a housing crisis in Greater Vancouver. Rents are high And even with a real estate slowdown, prices to buy properties are also out of reach for many people in the Lower Mainland. But unaffordable housing has been with this city for a long time. Let's go back to 1941. It was on this day in uh, history, November 5th, 1941, when the Vancouver News Herald launched a series in its newspaper showing its readers just how out of control the affordable housing situation was. Back then, the main problem, much like now, was a lack of available homes for the growing number of people in and around the city. But the other problem in 1941 was the condition of many of the available homes. The newspaper warned of slum-like conditions in some areas. For example, homes in the False Creek area were described as, quote, decrepit shacks and run-down cabins. In the West End, which is now home to some of the highest-priced real estate in the world, the West End of Vancouver, rooming houses were often crammed with people in terrible conditions, some with only one bathroom for as many as 20 residents. One of the most vocal critics of these conditions back in 1941 was Alderman Helena Gutteridge. At that time, she was the first woman in Vancouver to ever hold the position of alderman uh, during her one term as alder person, she was instrumental in drafting Vancouver's first standard of housing bylaw. And this bylaw draft called for a lot of things we kind of take for granted these days. For example, buildings had to be maintained in good working order. There couldn't be garbage all over the yard. Buildings had to be ventilated. Floors had to be finished. They couldn't just be dirt floors. And like I say, seemingly pretty obvious stuff. But when this was introduced, that draft bylaw wasn't all that well received by the other councillors. 
a lot of people felt in 1941, because Canada was at war and housing was in such short supply, it wasn't the time to uh, raise the standard of living conditions in some of Vancouver's more uh, run-down properties. So Helena Gutteridge's draft of the bylaw was kind of pushed aside, and living conditions for many Vancouverites, especially the poor, continued, continued to be, let's just say, challenging. Meantime, the housing shortage of the 40s in Vancouver would continue into the 50s and 60s. But in 1966, the city got some relief to the housing shortage at that time. Something would happen which would go a long way to easing the supply of homes. It was the passing of the Strata Titles Act of 1966. And what that did was allow for the creation of the condominium in Vancouver something which would forever alter and really revolutionize the way we live in this city and throughout the Lower Mainland. And if you live in a condo, by the way, I was talking to Graham Hugay earlier on in the show from the My House Design Build team. They are having a webinar at 7 o'clock on Thursday, this coming Thursday, November 10th. And it's all about condos and townhouses. So if you're thinking of renovating a condo or townhouse, you might be surprised at what you can do. And like Graham says, the biggest change that a lot of people can do in condos is lighting. And it makes a huge change because a lot of times when people design and build condos and townhouses, the lighting is kind of an afterthought. There's like one bulb in the center of the ceiling. But if you do some creative lighting, in your condo or townhouse, it can completely alter your living space and make a huge difference. And the My House Design Build team uh, can not only tell you what you can do to your house what or condo, what uh, walls can come down and all those kind of things, but also what you can do with lighting because they have designers there who are specialists in lighting. So go to their website, myhousedesignbuild.com and sign up for one of their webinars. It's this Thursday, November 10th, condos and townhouses. And they have some other webinars after that coming up. And also you can register for the Parade of Renovated Homes. That's November 19th, two Saturdays from today, from 10 to 3. And you can go to uh, four different homes. One of them is uh, sort of in the process of being built so you can see what they're doing. But the other ones are finished and you can get some ideas about what you can do with your home. And as I say, go to the My House Design Build team website, myhousedesignbuild.com and register for the Parade of Renovated Homes, November 19th, and also their uh, their webinar, which you can do at home. You can just sit at home and uh, ask questions and you can find out exactly what you can do with your condo or townhouse, what kind of renovations you can make. And that's it for this edition of Vancouver Consumer. We'll be back next Saturday. We're here from two to four every Saturday. I want to thank our intrepid producer, Leo Coelho. I'm Martin Strong. Stick around. The news is next on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.